Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give everyone listening ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them today. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Proverb 28, beginning in verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Because of the transgression of a land, many are its princes, but by a man of understanding and knowledge, right will be prolonged. A poor man who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain which leaves no food. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoever keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons shames his father. One who increases his possessions by usury and extortion gathers it for him who will pity the poor. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Whoever causes the upright to go astray in an evil way, he himself will fall into his own pit but the blameless will inherit good. The rich man is wise in his own eyes, but the poor who has understanding searches him out. When the righteous rejoice, there is great glory, but when the wicked arise, men hide themselves. He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Happy is the man who is always reverent, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. Like a roaring lion and a charging bear is a wicked ruler over poor people. A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. A man burdened with bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Whoever walks blamelessly will be saved, but he who is perverse in his ways will suddenly fall. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows frivolity will have poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, because for a piece of bread a man will transgress. A man with an evil eye 
hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. Whoever robs his father or his mother and says, It is no transgression, the same is companion to a destroyer. He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. He who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. When the wicked arise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Friends, let's take a closer look at verse 1 today. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I find this is an interesting verse, and I ask myself, well, why would the wicked flee if no one pursues them? And friends, I don't know about you, but before I was a Christian, I would sometimes do mean things to people, and after I did them, I would get a guilty conscience, and I'd I asked myself, I said, I wonder if I'm going to be found out. I wonder if they're going to find out what I've done. And I believe that's what this verse is telling us. So the guilt that comes upon us when we do something wrong, or if you feel you may get caught, makes you in a kind of a weird position And it's hard for you to stay in one place and say, well, maybe if I go somewhere, they won't find me. But anyway, I think this verse is really telling us if we learn to do the right things and not evil things, then our conscience will tend to be clearer and we won't have so much of a guilt complex and we will not have to do what this verse is warning us against. Hopefully that helps somebody listening today. Today we're going to continue our study in Matthew's Gospel. Today we are going to be taking a look at chapter 19. I'm going to go over a couple passages in this chapter, and I'm going to ask that you look at the other parts of the chapter on your own during your own free time. But the first one I want to talk about is marriage and divorce, and I'm going to read the first 10 verses of chapter 19. It says, Now it came to pass, when Jesus had finished these sayings, that he departed from Galilee and came to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them there. I think the last part of that verse is very, very special. And a lot of times we have a tendency to overlook a verse like this. But this really goes to the heart of who Jesus is. It says the multitudes followed him and he healed them there. It doesn't say anything else. 
So my question is, why is that there? Why does it say he healed them there? It didn't say people needed healing. But what I want to have you ponder or think about is this is who Jesus truly was. And I've mentioned this before, but I know many people today feel that healing passed away with the last of the apostles. But I want you to really grasp the heart of Jesus. And he had such a compassion on people. And basically, wherever he went, if people followed him, he wanted to make sure that they were whole. And so he healed them. Let's continue in verse 3. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. They said to him, Why then? Did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If such is the case of the man with his wife, it is better not to marry. Let's dig into this just a little bit. The point I really want to get across here is that God was the initiator of the marriage covenant at the very beginning of the first book of the Bible, Genesis, beginning in chapter 2, God made it very clear that he had made man and that he had made woman and that they were to join together and become one. And his original intent, and I believe this is what God is still looking for today, is he's honoring that contract between a man and a woman in holy matrimony. And his desire is that they make it through thick and thin, through good and bad, but his original intent is for people never to get divorced. And what a lot of people have issues with is once you throw that word out there, then it opens the possibility that that could happen. But the people that I have noticed who have very, very strong marriages and have been together for 20, 30, 40, 50 plus years, 
I've talked to them, and the one commonality in all of these marriages is that they say that word has never come up. And that's the way we are to think. Never bring that word up and just understand and believe that good days are going to come, bad days are going to come, but there will be times when you may be at odds with one another, but God wants you to see it through. And that is one of the reasons why we are to seek God in prayer, both individually and as a couple. The next part Jesus teaches here about celibacy. And, you know, he talks about this. I do not believe this was God's original intent. But basically what he's saying in these couple verses is that if you want to dedicate your life solely to Jesus and doing his work, then you can do that and not get married. But I truly believe the very heart of both Jesus and his Father God was that a man and a woman meet. And it's important because men and women think differently, they do different things, and I think they complement each other. And we can be whole in and of ourselves, but I am here to testify that if you are in a marriage that is wonderful and fruitful and you have a very close relationship with your spouse, it is definitely better to have someone in your life than to be alone. I want to go to the next part. It's just three verses, and it says, Jesus blesses little children. Let's look at verse 13. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray. But the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and departed from there. Friends, I believe this one comment of Jesus, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. I believe Jesus is telling us here that this is how we are to come to God whenever we have a need, Whenever we come to him in prayer, we are to come as little children, realizing that he is the answer to our prayers. He is our heavenly father, and it's good to have an earthly father, and I'm hoping that you guys have a wonderful relationship with your earthly father. But God is the creator of all, and God is our heavenly Father, and God is the one who can answer any need that we have. I'm going to close with the story of the rich young ruler. Let's begin in verse 16. Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, 
That is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to them, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Friends, this is such a deep passage of Scripture. And Jesus is telling us here, when I think about this passage of Scripture, I think about the fact that you cannot serve both man and money. And I think Jesus is trying to get across to us here is that if we truly love our neighbor. And, you know, it reminds me of the parable what he says, but who is my neighbor? In other words, it's a matter of the heart. If you are asking yourself, who is my neighbor? Who do I need to be nice to? Who do I need to try to pander to? You're missing the entire point. What Jesus is saying is that we should think of other people more importantly than we think about ourselves. And I know a lot of people, that's just not their, their that's not who they are. But that is what God is telling us. First of all, we are to love God. And secondly, we are to love people. We are to be concerned and care about the people that God places in our life. First of all, our family, our spouse, our employer, those that we work with, our close friends. But if we notice that someone has a need, we are to set aside our resources and assist them if we possibly can. And that's what he's saying here is if you hold on to your riches and what people think of riches, a lot of times they think about their money first. They think about their material possessions. But friends, let me suggest to you that the things that really matter are people and not material possessions. My call to action today is Think about Jesus as he transpired on the earth. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the Sadducees and Pharisees coming to him and questioning him and saying, is it okay to divorce your wife? I want you to think about your spouse. I want you to think about when you guys went to the altar and when you made your vows in front of both God and more than likely friends and loved ones at the marriage ceremony, try to recommit yourself to your spouse. And I believe God will honor that.
and he will bless the union that he has put together. The suggested scripture reading, please reread our proverb of the day today, Proverb 28, a very powerful proverb with a lot of wisdom in it. And what I ask that you do is before you reread Proverb 28, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to intervene and highlight particular verses that can help you in your life, that can help transform your life. And this is how we are changed from glory to glory, a little bit at a time, one revelation at a time. Secondly, please review our chapter today, chapter 19. I went over a couple parts. I left a couple parts out especially the last part, which is titled, With God, All Things Are Possible. Please take a closer look at that. Friends, I will never end a podcast without giving anyone an opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If there is anyone listening today and you've never taken that step, or you are not in right relationship with God, you'd like to be closer to him, I invite you to say a simple prayer after me today. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth and be willing to die on a cross so that all of the sins of mankind of all time would be forgiven. Jesus, I know that you are the Son of God I believe that you died on a cross for me, and I believe that you were buried in the ground. Three days later, on Sunday, the third day you rose again, and that is the power of the gospel. Because you did that, you have eliminated all of the sins in my life. Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart I ask you to lead me and guide me. I make you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, if any of you said that prayer, please check out my new webpage, wisdomtodaybk.com. If you would and repeated that prayer, go to the contact tab at the top of the page, Simply fill in your name, let me know that you said that prayer, or if you have any questions about anything you heard on today's podcast, please reach out to me. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom. <laughs>